Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Dearest listener, allow me to unveil a delightful secret. Snag Tights Craft Clothing that embraces every body shape. In a bold endeavor to revolutionize the fashion realm, Snag has triumphed. Permit me to draw your attention to the ingenious Chub Rub Shorts, crafted with moisture-wicking yarn, promising to keep you at least one degree cooler and utterly free from the discomfort of chafing. Free shipping on select orders. Thus, the more you snag, the more you save. Do not delay. Dear listener, experience the fashion revolution that is snag and visit snagtights.us today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Katie's Crib. Except today, it's a super special episode because we are not in my crib, you guys. We are actually in a soups fancy recording booth um, with a bunch of friends. And we're going to be talking about C-sections today. And you guys, we're literally like in a recording studio that has like head cans on. These are called cans, right? Yep. Yeah. Cans. You see how professional I am, guys? Um, So today in this episode, we wanted to... uh, do a roundtable discussion, which is new for us. It's uh, We have three guests here today, and in this episode, we're talking about C-sections, which is a very big, emotional, scary topic with a lot of different perspectives on it, and I bet you guys out there have a lot of questions. I know I definitely do. So... Like I said, we're going to do this in a roundtable discussion sort of way. And we have three guests. First, we have Dr. Lainey Kumetz. Yeah. Hello. Dr. Lainey Kumetz, you guys, is my OB. She has been for like a decade or more. I don't even know. And um, it's really nice to see you up above my bottom half of my body, doctor. It's lovely to see you, too. She delivered Albie. Next, we have my dear, dear friend, Anjali Cabral. Yay. Yay. She um, currently stars as Colleen on CBS's Life in Pieces. And Angelique has personal uh, experience with C-sections. We'll be getting to her. And last and definitely not least is my dear, dear friend, Emily Royf. And she is amazing and a wonderful stay-at-home mom with the cutest daughter ever. Actually, we need to get a play date together with Adelaide, Tuesday, and Albie. Those names. I mean, mean, you guys like them? I like them. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we're going to jump into this because, like I said, it's a very big topic. Um, First things first, let's uh, go over to Dr. Kumetz. And can you explain, like, what is a C-section? How is it done? And walk us through it briefly? Sure. So a C-section is a surgical way of delivering a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, It's performed in an operating room by an OBGYN, a surgeon. Mm -hmm. And uh, the most common way is a cut in the lower part of the abdomen, just above the pubic bone, um, separating the layers to get down to the uterus, making a cut in the uterus, and delivering the baby through mommy's tummy. Wow, guys. I can't believe I did that. It's like an episode of Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) It's unbelievable. Um, So... 
Uh, Angelique, yeah. let's go to you and let's talk about your experience with um, having a C-section. Was this a decision you made? How far in advance did you know? This was a decision that I actually, I did not have a choice in. I had placenta previa and we found out about 28 weeks or mm-hmm. 25 weeks. I can't remember now, but it was far enough along that we tried a couple for about a month to move my placenta. It basically means that the placenta is attached at the cervix or near the cervix so that the baby's head cannot come out during labor. And if you try to labor, the placenta basically comes out first and will bleed and like you die like so in the old days you would die (laughs) like my doctor was like you would be dead and like that's what happened a lot like they didn't know the placenta was attached you would try to labor and then the the placenta's out first and you bleed out so it's a very from what i understand it's a very like serious thing and i did not have like a super bad case of it but it was enough of an issue that they were like no like across the board i went to four different doctors and they were all like no because i really wanted to labor i'm like the opposite of you i wanted to like (laughs) be in my element and like be a woman and I you are a woman I, I am you absolutely I, I are a woman and yeah. a great mom thank yes. you very much mm-hmm. but I was devastated and, and just to say I, remember um, uh, we have another person in common this chiropractor named Dr. Berlin who works on pregnant women and I remember him saying something to you Angelique during your process of changing your mental yeah. the way you phrased to yourself that you were delivering your baby in yeah. this way he really he helped say? me he really helped me with that he he said you need to stop thinking of it as a problem and think of it as a beautiful basically you talk to the baby and say i'm going to be delivering you through my tummy yeah like i'm birthing i'm birthing you but instead of through my vagina i'm mm-hmm. birthing you through my tummy and mm-hmm. to come at it um it made me weep at the time because i was so emotional and so vulnerable and I was trying so hard to move my placenta, which is an impossibility. No, no, uh, it's not something we have control over. No. Placenta previa is very dangerous, both for mommies and for babies. For babies. Oh, and when really? I, once I heard that, I was like, okay, then it doesn't matter. So do you find the same thing, Dr. Kumetz, that if you've had patients that have placenta previa and they may have a sort of really emotional reaction to it, um, do you find using the same sort of language is what helps them get to an excited point that they're going to meet yeah, their baby. Everybody's and- a little bit different mm-hmm. when they're told that they're going to need a C-section for medical reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can happen well in advance of pregnancy. It can happen in the early parts of pregnancy. You may not find out until you're in labor that you actually need to have a C-section. Mm-hmm. Um, placenta previa is something that is often diagnosed well in advance. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's more time to process. And everybody's experience with processing that information mm-hmm. is different. And um, I really think it does take a little bit of soul searching. It is a disappointment. There's often some grieving involved. Um, but getting to the point where you're understanding that, um, you know, kids really don't care about your plans. They, they, <laughs> uterus and babies, they just don't read the birth plan. Right. And um, this was the first of, I'm sure, what's going to be many, many, many times. This kid just does not do what you want right. this baby to do. Well, and it actually ended up being quite a blessing with my, I was shooting, I was shooting a TV show and it was a blessing to know the exact time and day because they could write up for me until that very moment. Mm-hmm. And then my OB, Dr. Susan Morrison said, well, this is Adelaide taking care of you. Aww. And I was like, oh yeah, like for the first, like she's actually <laughs> Angelique's like, a crier, people. She's a big <laughs> crier, which is yeah. one of the things, many of the things I love about her. So that Were made you me feel anxious that was sweet about having like a major surgery, or did you feel completely like? Well, we'll get to that. But I've never had surgery. I've never been in a hospital, so I was like, I got this. This is so easy. And the fucking C-section <laughs> and the recovery was a nightmare. Like it was the worst thing that's ever. Like I've never felt pain like that. I did not know how serious. When you're talking about like how they cut. Through your tummy and then they cut through your uterus. I didn't. I I literally thought I'd be fine. Like because I'm hardcore and I like work out so hard and yep. I like meditate really hard. Like <laughs> nothing helps this. You like, mean the Kundalini <laughs> prayers you had playing while Adelaide was taken out of you My didn't help your did the okay. mantras did not help her uh, healing process. Yeah, yeah. Um, sections are rough. common and we don't really think about it, it but rough. it's major abdominal surgery and it's not just major abdominal surgery it's major abdominal surgery and then taking care of a newborn yeah and trying to breastfeed and breastfeeding and the emotions that mm-hmm. are going through with that and hormonal drop offs yeah. and, and oh my gosh and, and all like of that my i was taking a shower this morning and i still have that like i'm not a skinny person anyway 
and I was looking down. I'm like, I still have like that weird line where it like goes in, and like my vagina's still swollen six months later. Yum, like, guys. So Yum. it's like pretty gnarly. I know. Yeah. I get it. I get it. You guys, this we'll uh, we'll get yes, to that. We'll get to that. So Emily, my dear, yes. please explain that you electively chose to have a C-section and what brought you to that decision and it and were you afraid was it an easy choice for you all of these I things I never went when I found out I was pregnant I never thought I would have a vaginal birth I just for some re- I had a friend that had a pretty tra- a pretty traumatic mm-hmm. um delivery and she was laboring for two days and then she had a c-section and then was operating from like a place of just complete yeah. like ruin sure. and i <laughs> you know like just a like, complete ruin like, place you know, like yeah. exhausted and and yeah. it just always stuck out in my head and i i'm a very anxious person you said that you were really scared of vaginal birth too yeah and i just wanted to be able to know know like what was going to happen how it was going to happen and be able to prepare myself for probably the last time I could ever control something (laughs) in my (laughs) life Um, and so it you know my husband was super supportive my OB didn't question it and it so you you can so when you went into your OB like very early on and you just said I'm having a c-section and that's that Mm -hmm. and did she have any sort of we talked about it for a second but she was just like if that's your decision and you know that's what your family's choices then let's let's do it so, wow yeah it's very impressive um so dr kumetz um what are some of the things an expecting mom should do to prepare for a c-section in the days leading up to the procedure if they've if they know that they're going to have that i know sometimes there are very last minute calls that are made um but sure. is there anything you do to prepare yourself like well, you know, there's going to be the emotional preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really important to talk with your doctor about what is going to happen. Um, really spend the time so that you understand the process from beginning of what time you're supposed to arrive at the hospital, what's the last time you should have anything to eat or drink mm-hmm. so that you have an empty stomach for the I'm surgery. I'm so flipping about flipping. that. <laughs> That's um, why I had it first thing in the morning because I do not do well without food. Ideally, if you, if, you, if you know you're having a C-section, if you can get it scheduled first thing in the morning, that is the yeah. best case scenario. Not that you're really going to get any sleep the night before because of the nerves, but it's still a little easier. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, knowing what is going to happen, having a plan, um, you know, having your doctor talk you through what the recovery is going to be like, how long you should anticipate staying in the hospital. talk to you about is it normally like three nights in the hospital for a c-section most insurance plans will cover three to four nights and that's pretty average for when how long people stay guys personal tip take those days because you get free nurse you got you got babysitters all up in that hospital you know what i mean and And then you get home and you're like "Uh, yes oh i loved it i stayed the four nights um depending on the hospital the food can be not bad so emily in (laughs) cases of um when a C-section is elective, like it was in yours, are there key questions that women should ask their doctors before making the decision to have a C-section? Did you have questions for your doctor? No, I mean, we walked, we went through everything. Um, I think it's understanding the recovery period, understanding what you're going to be experiencing, you know, obviously being medicated during the birth, being awake while someone's operating on you. Yeah, is that's like, weird. It's, it's intense. It really is. But I... Oh like, my gosh. I, so it's not as much questions to ask. It's just getting you mentally prepared for like like battle (laughs) did you guys feel can can either of you guys speak on while being awake having your stomach and uterus cut open a lot of pressure pressure and a lot of pulling pulling. yeah like i felt tugging and then i had a situation where i had a um when they were sewing me back up Uh i had um fibroids which i know they're little and I, is that, I know that's a cyst. They're like right? little cysts. They're benign. I've uh-huh. no, I've had them literally since I was eighteen. They're masses on they're the masses uterus on, that are benign. Okay, yeah, thank you, Doctor. Thank you for that. You so much. Words. That's, yes, that's, that's right. a real thing. <laughs> and they're very um, common. They're very common. And they, but one of them was like in the way of the needle or something. So they had to burn it off. So it took about a half hour longer or twenty minutes longer to sew me up. And I was like, "What's what's happening?" And you're so drugged what? that I remember being like. What's ha- like? I couldn't did you really- guys feel mentally drugged like as well? Like, did you feel kind of foggy I or really high felt or fine? I, um, I felt fine when it was happening. I had a non-conventional playlist. I had a Beyonce, Kelly Clarkson. Hell mix. yeah, girl! And, like, Amazing. The whole situation was just like very much. 
I felt like I was in an episode of the Mindy Project. You know, like my doctor was a badass woman who was like running her operating room in a way that like I, I just felt like I'm bringing this girl into this world and like look at oh, what we're doing. It was just like that. a really good like. You yeah. feel great about it. it. Yeah. You felt yeah. great about your yeah. decision. You felt great about the experience yeah. for and you. I hope I can do it again. And yeah. how was the recovery for you? Um, great. I mean, we had our house has a ton of stairs. I was walking the day that we the day of the operation. I, Isn't Dr. Komet, you're supposed to, you're supposed to correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but when you have a C-section, you have to get up and walk that day like a lap around the hospital? Really, any surgery, the sooner that you're up and walking, the lower your risk of getting a blood clot in your legs, the quicker your bowel function will return, the quicker you start mobilizing extra fluid that you get, so the swelling resolves more quickly. Mm, nice. Um, yeah. Angelique, how did, was your recovery? You it were was, talking about it a little bit, but... I mean, I didn't... I have stairs, too, that were... It was That was tough. I had a lot of swelling so I don't know but I didn't come down from my swelling for almost two and a half weeks my legs were like this big my oh, I had remember cankles that. remember that yeah I couldn't fit into any of my shoes um I I don't know if it was because of the burn on my uterus with the fibroid or what it was but I had a really painful I would say two and a half weeks and then I had to go back to work at three and a half weeks and so that was not not easy those first that first I don't know two weeks at work I was like shuffling. Oof. And very swollen. Just very big still. I also had a C-section. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. I was hoping you were going to say, I I was hoping you were going to say, I knew. What you ladies have been through and uh, can talk a little bit about the experience on being on the other side of the table. But um, just to comment Was that weird? You like know exactly what's happening while you're being cut (laughs) up and you're like, and now here comes scalpel, F, S, whatever. I'm making this up. It was definitely interesting being on the other side of the table. And it was two wonderful colleagues, good friends of mine that were operating on me. And um, I think... They were, you know, whenever it's a friend or a colleague, there's a little bit more anxiety going into it. I mean, you you never want anything to go wrong for anybody, but especially when it's somebody that you know and respect well. And um, they were very professional and it was, you know, by the book and calling for the instruments and and very formal. And then once my daughter was out and we knew she was fine, they almost forgot that it was me lying on the table and they started chit-chatting. You know, (laughs) how are your kids? What are you doing this weekend? When's your next vacation? And, you know, it's it's interesting to me because I hear patients hear about this and complain about it. And for me, I found that so reassuring. I knew everything was going perfectly, that it was so routine and so easy for them. If they could joking around. They could talk about other things and have everything still go just fine. So for me, it was incredibly reassuring to hear my doctors, you know, chat about their kids. Right. And um, did you know, know in advance that you were going to have a C-section, or was it an emergency last-minute thing? Or so um, I suspected I was going to end up having a C-section. I also have a big fibroid. That fibroid was actually in the way of my daughter being able to come out naturally. And um, she she was head down the whole pregnancy, and then at uh, 37 weeks, decided to flip. So. She came out tushy first okay. and uh, pooped all over my doctors on the <laughs> way out. She was, she was pissed about the eviction notice and let them know in the only way she could. And uh, <laughs> so um, I presumed I was having a C-section from the very beginning. Um, and uh, But it, interesting being on the other side of it. Um, when did you go back to work? Um, I actually did a C-section on a colleague of mine two weeks after my daughter was born. Oh. Um, so your recovery was... It was it was not easy, but um, I also, you know, thank goodness I'm in a position where I have the luxury of having control over my schedule. And um, so I went back to work really, really minimal hours for the first uh, month when I went back um, and definitely had backup arranged in case it was harder than I was expecting, because that's certainly a possibility. Um, But it wasn't easy. But the swelling was crazy. Crazy. It was, um, but not everyone has that. I Emily, think, you didn't the, have swelling. I don't remember the swelling. Interesting. So you would have remembered ago, it if yeah. you had yeah. had it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a limit to how many C sections a woman can have? There really isn't, unless there was a complication during her um, during her pregnancy or her C section that would really risk her life if she were to get pregnant again. So it's not necessarily the number of C-sections, oh, but I in that scenario, it's the number of pregnancies. For example, oh. if somebody had a uterine rupture, that woman should never get pregnant again because her risk of uterine rupture, which is life-threatening both to her and baby, is ridiculously high and unsafe. Wow. Um, but I've I've done fifth C-sections on women. Oh, yeah. uh, women e- who have five babies, I literally don't understand what's going on. Like, I, <laughs> I, I mean, so power to you, but like, wow. Yeah. Like, that is, it's wow. Impressive. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's really impressive. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. 
Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Dearest listener, in a world where fashion oft neglects the true diversity of the human form, Snag emerges as the beacon of inclusivity we so desperately need, renowned for their exquisite tights. Snag has triumphantly expanded its offerings to include garments that embrace everybody. Snag's creations are meticulously designed on a lifelike figures and refined across a spectrum of shapes before gracing our wardrobes, clothing that not only promises but delivers true comfort and fit, particularly of note other chub rub shorts ingeniously crafted with a moisture wicking yarn to ensure you remain at least one degree cooler and entirely free from the dreaded chafing perfect for every season these shorts can be discreetly worn under your clothes offering a delightful alternative to traditional cycling shorts whether you are at the gym hiking or simply enjoying a day in a skirt or dress they are your ideal companion remember dear listener the more you snag the more you save with free shipping on select Orders. Don't delay in experiencing the fashion revolution that is snag at snagtights.us. Are you familiar? I haven't. I don't know much about this, but with this term, gentle C sections. What What is that? Yes. Is that different from a traditional C section? Is this just a new trend or fad, or is this something that's actually like something that people entertain and should entertain the idea of? Or great question. In your opinion, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is definitely becoming more popular. Mm-hmm. Um, the C-section, the surgery itself is unchanged. Um, for somebody that is requesting, you know, changes that would make their C-section experience um, a little better for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not changing anything that I'm doing as a surgeon. Oh, so um, it's more of like the, the I think the, the um, music and so, the attitude yeah, and if your doula maybe can come right, in or exactly. not or. Exactly. It has a lot to do with how somebody feels atmosphere. about about exactly the atmosphere. So um, it involves, you know, having the playlist that you want going on. It involves um, often having a clear drape so that when the doctor's actually pulling the baby out, um, mom you can, can watch. They, Whoa. So they have a clear drape clear. to Clear drape. To keep I the sterile no. field. Yeah. <laughs> some people want to watch no that, that part and yeah. some yeah. people do. <laughs> um, I don't know that I would have wanted to watch. Um, I, would, I, I was surprised I my husband know. watched. I, yeah. I was expecting him not to want to watch and, and he was definitely curious. It's really but, crazy what goes on in there because I was also like uh, in my vaginal birth, I was like, I'm never looking down there ever, 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 ever. And I think I remember like in the last couple pushes, Dr. Kumetz, I think you said like, look down, here he comes. And I definitely looked down and like he was halfway out of my vagina hole <laughs> and I saw it and I definitely had the conversation that Adam wasn't going to watch it and he did so <laughs> things just go crazy in there so you choose in advance whether there's a clear drape or a mm-hmm. not clear drape they can also depending on the hospital and the staffing availability they can try to do skin to skin right away in the operating room yes. um, we did that yeah the, Emily did you do that too no 
I didn't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, The issues are the operating rooms are really cold and babies cannot um, maintain their heat really well. When they get moved to the warmer, they're actually under a heater to make sure they're warm because they come out wet and, you know, they're coming out from a nice, warm, cozy place into a cold, wet place that's Mm -hmm. very bright. And um, so if you're going to do skin to skin, it's really important that we are able to keep the baby warm enough. Also, you know, this is major abdominal surgery, and there are lots of things that are happening during this process, and moms can feel shaky, moms can feel anxious, um, and if she doesn't feel like she can hold comfortably the hold the baby right. safely, and again, you kind of have to keep the baby at boob level and above because You've we're just working, had to cut up stuff down there. We're working below there, so yeah. there's kind of a limited space, so you also need to have a nurse dedicated to helping you with skin, skin to skin, skin if you in that. the operating room yeah. if you're doing that. So, um, you know, if staff is available to have one extra nurse that's simply dedicated to helping you with the baby, that is fantastic. That's not always available. Right. Got it. So and for I those had you guys doula then. Oh, like right. Rebecca helped me with yeah, that so part. Th- yeah. That was cool. So in your so I guess both of you kind of had, I would say, gentle C sections in that yeah. you both had playlists. Um you were asked if you could do a clear drape or a non clear drape. Mm-hmm. Angelique said you did have skin to skin. For those of you guys who don't know skin to skin basically means like when the baby comes out, instead of being like kind of whisked away and tested on right away if everything is looking good and normal and the baby's vitals are all looking great. Correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I The baby goes onto your naked chest and their naked body and you have like a bonding time with them. And it's called skin to skin. And it was Adam's favorite thing in the entire world. Um, The idea being that um, mom's body temperature will help keep the baby warm, even in a colder environment. And also this baby is used to hearing mom's heartbeat. It's been a constant, um, you know, sound that they've been listening to for the previous nine months. So very Theory wise, we can't really ask them because they don't remember and can't tell us later. But um, the theory being that if they you put them right on your chest, that they're going to hear that familiar sound. Got it. So, and Angelique, um, your gentle C-section. <laughs> you also uh, were allowed to bring in your doula, right? So she came in, but not during the cutting. It was like as soon as the baby was out, she was waiting, looking, and came in, and she'd been in a bunch of C-sections at Cedars and she knew the anesthesiologist really well. So that's why. Because Did you find that having a doula during a, like a, there are people who have a lot of doulas right. during vaginal births or if they're going to attempt to do a vaginal birth without medical intervention or whatever it is. Did you find that having a doula in a C-section was helpful to your process? Or um, I found it extremely reassuring and comforting, especially because she did know the staff essentially. And, so, and she'd done it so many times and, even though I had heard my OB explain what was going to happen and like prepare me for all the steps, Rebecca was there with us the whole time. So she was like, come on, you sign in. We sit here. Then you go and wipe off your whole body. She was rubbing my feet. She like it was incredibly helpful. I found nice. it because I did not know how I was going to feel. And I was quite anxious that yeah, morning. Was, oh, my God. I'd be so scared. <laughs> I was really anxious. <laughs> and so, um, Emily, for you, um, did you have a doula in the room with you? I did not. But you had your husband yep. in the room with you mm-hmm. and you went with the non everyone's choosing the non clear drape. I'm, I'm guessing because it's major surgery and you don't know how you're going to react to seeing yeah. I your own stomach. I would say the patients that ask for the gentler approach, um, 50-50 will pick the clear drape. Um, now there are other things associated with it. You know, if your goal is to try to do skin to skin right away, they have the heart monitors that are on mom's chest more lateral so that there's, you know, room for the baby to be on mom's chest and um, things like that. But uh, I'd say about 50-50 request the clear drape. Wow. Um so, uh, Dr. Kumetz, what are some of the reasons? What are some of the reasons for an emergency section? Like, uh, did I say that correctly? Emergency C section. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. What would be some of the reasons that um, that women have to do that, and and how do you give them that information, and how does one respond? I'm assuming this sometimes happens very quickly. Um, thankfully, those true, true, quick emergencies are rare, but mm-hmm. they do happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somebody with a known previa who went into labor will probably start hemorrhaging pretty quickly, and that would be something you would want to Oof. resolve quickly for them. Um, there are situations where the water breaks and suddenly the baby's umbilical cord comes out, and once the umbilical cord is past the cervix, um, it starts clamping down, so baby's no longer getting oxygen. And what? that is one of those oh, uh, nope. <laughs> true, quick, very scary, life-threatening emergency situations. For the and baby. For baby. 
Uh, mom is usually okay in that scenario. That's, you know, baby's in, you know, imminent danger. And that is you rush that mom to the operating room and you get that kid out as fast as possible. And how fast are we talking? Like in a situation like that, how fast is that baby out of there? The goal is to get the baby out in less than 10 minutes from when it's identified. Whoa. So from you've identified it and then the baby is out and breathing within 10 minutes. Oh my God, so you guys. Like in, that is in so that kind intense. of emergency Whoa. situation, an experienced OB can go from skin to baby in 30 to 45 seconds. Oh, that's not, my guys. Sorry, I'm just dead quiet not, on the phone right now. But that's because I have goosebumps and my milk just came in and I'm having I know, a heart attack. I know, my that's not I'm the goal. <laughs> but uh, that's possible. You know, other scenarios would be something called a placental abruption, which is during labor the placenta suddenly separates from the wall of the uterus, and in that situation, both mom and baby are in danger. There's typically a lot of bleeding, signs of fetal distress, um, leading to. Uh, emergency in that scenario. Often if it's a labor situation um, that wasn't known about in advance, emergencies typically come up either because of fetal distress or bleeding. Right. And that might, that wouldn't be a situation where it's so fast. That might be something where you've been laboring for a while and things just are not progressing at all and you're exhausted and the fetus's heart rate is not at a happy place. And so then you start to have conversations with, this is looking like we're going to have to birth this baby in a different way. Exactly. You know, if if mom's been pushing for three hours and the baby hasn't moved in the last hour, that's the point where you start at least, you know, mentioning that this is something that may Mm. be necessary. And, you know, obviously you're thinking about all the possible ways that you can help accomplish a natural delivery, both for mom and baby. But, you know, as the doctor managing, I want to start preparing for the possible need for surgery. Right. Um, But, yeah, the majority of time when cesareans are done after labor has started, it's usually because labor is failing in some way or the baby is not tolerating labor for whatever reason. Right. Have you ever had someone, can I ask a question? Yeah, of course. In that situation. It's a round table, girls. (laughs) Get it. Who's like, I don't want an epidural, like give me a C-section, but no anesthesia because they're like trying to have a natural birth. Has that ever happened? Does that happen or would they not let you do that? Well, I guess, you know, ultimately we we can't do anything to anybody without their consent. That's called assault and battery, and I really have no interest in going to jail. <laughs> so, um, you know, with anesthesia, it's it's a personal preference. I can do a natural delivery with or without anesthesia. Um, it looks really painful. I've never experienced it myself, but it, it looks really painful. I don't know that I'd want to do it that way. Um, but, you know, respect whatever choices people have for their birth experience. Um I've never had anybody ask not to have anesthesia. Typically in that scenario, um, if they don't have an epidural in place already and there isn't time to place a spinal, um, it's typically under general anesthesia. Ah. Oh, so if it's, if they are, right, right, right. So if someone was, let's say, in labor for a while and they were not having an epidural and now all of a sudden you need a last minute emergency C-section... And it's too late to get the epidural in spinally, then you get general anesthesia. Is that like where a mass? That's, like that's where they gas? put you under general anesthesia. They put a tube down your throat and they oh. breathe for you. Nope. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like okay. so that your whole thing is numb. Like, you are. And you're not awake. You're out, or you're you're out, out then. You're, you're out. out. So, okay. yeah. Has, have you done that before? Many, many times. Oh, Whoa. Wow, that's so insane. It's, that's it's insane. Never, it's never a great situation. And sure. even for the anesthesiologist, because we, anesthesiologists hate doing general anesthesia on pregnant women. Pregnant women tend to have more fluid on board. They tend to be more swollen. It's harder to ventilate them. Um, and understand how much they need or don't need, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, and huge fluid changes that they're having to manage. And, um, you know, Oof. we try to avoid general anesthesia if at all possible. If I have a patient who is, you know, been pushing for two, three hours, um, and it looks like we're heading towards a C-section. I will often recommend at that point that they get an epidural, so that they that don't we, have to have general. We have it in case, or if 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 mom's trying to go natural and the baby's really looking unhappy, then again, I'll I'll suggest that they have the epidural placed so that we have it in the event that we need it, and hope that we don't need it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, when my- she says, like, baby being unhappy, for you guys to know, there's, like, monitors all on your stomach that are just gauging the heart rate of the baby. And so when there are major drops or it stays low for too long, that's when the baby's not happy. I remember during my C-section that I started to feel really nauseous, like, during the, like, I guess the cutting or something. And my, my anesthesiologist was, like, here like monitoring everything and yeah. I was like I think I'm gonna be sick and he like did something and I was like I'm better <laughs> like what it, like, in that's about so one minute I was like oh so much better it was wow a, yeah. did you physiologists are so great <laughs> they're wow. so good at their job it Emily did you feel nauseous at all not 
during the C-section, but um, I just remember feeling really cold and I shook Sh- a lot. Shaking. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, what is this the shake? Did you both shake? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they the shaking is really right? normal. Even shaking can happen even after, just in epidural if you're not in a C-section, right? And after a natural delivery, it's very common for women to shake for you know 45 minutes to an hour um, after the placenta comes out. Your body's going through such huge hormone shifts and fluid shifts and, um, you know, in addition to the adrenaline and the anxiety and now you have this baby and everything seems to be going okay. Very, very common to shake for about 45 minutes. And it's like violent shaking. I did not have any shaking, but I was petrified of it and I had been hearing about it and I I actually didn't. I'm now remembering I didn't have shaking. I was just cold. But I didn't have shaking because I asked Rebecca and she said no. Oh, I I had vo- I like vomited after like you I did? yeah like yeah I was really nauseous after too yeah. I had the shaking, but yeah. it, it started for me really when I got to the recovery room, and I actually had difficulty holding my daughter for a few minutes yeah, because I was yeah. I it's was scary. shaking. You're like, are, am I allowed to do this? Yeah. No, it's, like, this is it's, this safe? It's impressive because <laughs> you it's were shaking impressive. so hard yeah. too, and also holding right. Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, can you guys? Tell me all about your partner's role during the C-section. Like, were they above the cloth? Like, did they look? Did they were Michael they scared was, about surgery? Michael was above the cloth. Mm-hmm. Um, he did not look. We decided that we weren't looking, mm-hmm. and um, he was just there to be supportive. That was that's your. Role did he seem anxious there. as well about like no, watching his really, wife? I mean, because really most of the time you're not going to watch your significant other go through major surgery. Right. No, he was calm, and I mean, we trusted the doctors. We trusted everybody in the operating room, and we just were going going for it. Great. Yeah. And then did because the is the significant other They're hold not the in. baby also after the baby comes out? Like, how does that work? Often after a C-section. Um, when the baby first gets delivered, they're taken over to the warmer and mm-hmm. want to make sure that they're warm. They want to make sure they're breathing okay because babies that are delivered via cesarean don't get the same squeeze that babies get coming through a birth canal. Mm-hmm. So they can often have a little bit of extra fluid within their lungs. It takes them a little bit longer to transition to breathing air rather than breathing through their umbilical cord. So we want to make sure that the baby's transitioning well and they're pinking up and they're breathing okay and that they look happy and healthy. Um, And that process can take, you know, anywhere from two minutes to a lot longer than that if they're not doing okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But assuming that you're in that typical two minute and they're doing okay, they'll typically at that point wrap the baby up and give the baby to dad to hold to bring over to mom. Um, If you want to try to do skin to skin or, you know, some cuddle time at that point, that's the appropriate time to do it. Is that what you did, Emily? Yeah, we did. So he, so he, Michael took the baby yeah, from the warmer the and then handed mm-hmm. her to you. Yeah. And, and what Jay- did you do? Jason was um, up by me the whole time. Uh-huh. He was really nervous. My husband, I bet, not great in the hospital. <laughs> um, he was. He likes I've control. Never, that one. He's yeah. so clean. He's it's so amazing. clean and so sweet. But he like didn't really talk. But he was like looking at me in the eyes the whole time. And then we had our big camera. And as soon as the baby was about to come out. Mm-hmm. He did look over and I was shocked and he looked over and he got all these amazing pictures of her coming out of me, which was like, I'm so glad now that he was brave enough to do that. Um, And then he just started weeping and he went um, to the they went to the warmer and she was only in there for like two seconds, like very short because she was like big and and very pink already and like crying. That's the best. And they didn't wrap her. She just came. He brought her to me naked. That's great. But then there was a blanket placed over us both. But. I was that okay. I mean, yes. I guess it was fine, but like she, You're okay. she was like, She's warm okay. Up. Yeah, that they, was great. They were because Rebecca knew that I really wanted that. So, um, Rebecca is her doula, my doula, who we've also had on this. Oh, interesting podcast. But I do remember the strange crib. feeling of like looking over, like what's happening. Where's my baby? Because there's this like two or minute gap of like them coming up. They take her and before she's on me. Sure. So like there was like it's a weird feeling to not. <sighs> know what's going on because you can't move. I couldn't move my arms. I just remember being like... Did all three of you stay in the hospital the three or four nights? I know you said, Angelique, yeah. you did. Emily... You did three days. You did three days nights, and yeah. you did I as did well. Yeah. And um, we've already... We've talked a lot about your... Um, oh, but one thing I do want to yeah. say that I was told that did not happen is yeah. I was told that like they like put your arms out and like, I don't know... That didn't happen. Like I, what? I had what? my what arms that? free. I, sometimes I think in some situations they strap your arms out. And Rebecca had actually said that like usually it's like that, but that was not the case. Did that happen with you? I don't 
don't remember. I, I know it's weird. It, there's this weird thing, weird. guys, of like not not remembering. remembering I don't a remember. lot of specifics. I think it's your brain's tricking way. I know. To, for you to make more children. So that's probably <laughs> hospital specific and becoming less common, especially when you have an awake patient. Okay. When, when you're doing surgery on somebody who is completely out, you want to make sure that their arms aren't falling or getting pressed in a way that's you know potentially going to injure a nerve or um, cause a bruise. So we typically will strap people's arms down when they're having surgery and they're asleep. But if you're awake and having a C-section and talking to us, generally we don't. So um, yeah, I, again, yeah. those the hospitals I've worked at typically don't. That, that may be different in other places, but uh, less common. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with dust-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Dearest listener, in a world where fashion oft neglects the true diversity of the human form, Snag emerges as the beacon of inclusivity we so desperately need, renowned for their exquisite tights. Snag has triumphantly expanded its offerings to include garments that embrace everybody. Snag's creations are meticulously designed on a lifelike figures and refined across a spectrum of shapes before gracing our wardrobes, clothing that not only promises but delivers true comfort and fit, particularly of note other chub rub shorts ingeniously crafted with a moisture wicking yarn to ensure you remain at least one degree cooler and entirely free from the dreaded chafing perfect for every season these shorts can be discreetly worn under your clothes offering a delightful alternative to traditional cycling shorts whether you are at the gym hiking or simply enjoying a day in a skirt or dress they are your ideal companion remember dear listener the more you snag the more you save with free shipping on select orders. Don't delay in experiencing the fashion revolution that is snag at snagtights.us. Angelique, you said we talked about your recovery, which seemed very bloated. Bloated. Very bloated. (laughs) (laughs) Emily, you seem to have a great recovery time and period. And what about you, Dr. Kumets? How was yours? You were up and working too. I was. um, I was pretty swollen. Um, You know, something that that we have to remember is... um, a woman's body actually increases her blood volume by about 30% over the course of pregnancy. Um, and that's really in preparation for the expected bleeding that you're going to have afterwards, whether it's a natural delivery or a C-section, you're expected to lose some some blood at that point and you do have some bleeding afterwards. And the body is amazing in that it prepares for that. Um, but you do take on a lot of extra fluid in that situation. Um, and if you're having a C-section, you do get extra fluid to make sure that we're maintaining your blood pressure okay. And, you know, that could be on the order of two to three liters through the IV um, over the course of that hour surgery or so. And, you know, if you were somebody that had been in labor for 24 hours plus 
you know, prior to ending up with a C-section, you've gotten a whole lot of fluid sure. in that time frame. And um, typically a few days after the baby comes out, your body realizes, oh, I'm okay and I'm not pregnant anymore. I don't need all this extra fluid in my blood vessels. And it dumps it into the extra spaces in your body and like gravity your ankles. pulls it all into your feet. <laughs> so oh, um, oh, by day six, I didn't have a single pair of shoes. I could get no. my feet and I couldn't leave the house because no. I could not get my feet into a single pair of shoes. Do Same. you vaginally bleed like um, for after you deliver vaginally, you know, you're like in a diaper for anywhere from a one week, two weeks, four weeks. You know, it's like having just like a heavy period for like a while as your uterus is shedding all that stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, is it similar with C-section? Often the bleeding is a little bit less because we do clean the uterus out a little bit. Oh, um, no way. At the time, we remove the placenta and we clean everything out. So often the bleeding is less with the C-section than with the natural delivery. But normal bleeding is anywhere from two weeks to two months. Did you guys have that? I had some. Like, I didn't have a light period. Crazy. It was like a period. I just wore like a pad for about two weeks. And did you have My, the same Mine was like? pretty heavy, actually. but And I wasn't expecting that. I, I think I thought it would be like a period. And I was like, oh, wow, I am wearing cloth diapers right now. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, yeah, like guys. That, the cloth diapers that, like, is mesh real. mesh underwear yeah. that they make. Oh, you the mesh like, panties are my favorite. <laughs> they are. I the mesh those. panties should be sold like at yeah. the Gap. Thanks so much. <laughs> They're so comfortable. Here's another thing. And this might be too personal and you totally don't have to answer, but there's that I, I find that men or even women like make jokes about, oh, I had a C-section. So my vagina is still that of like a 16 year old. Some Ew, that just got really weird. But you get what I'm saying. Like, like, is that true? Like, do you guys find post-surgery and C-section that, like, your your vaginas are, like, totally, like, how they were before you got pregnant? Or is everything kind of changed anyway because you were pregnant? I mean, I my vagina's tight, okay. <laughs> I mean, of course it's tight, but I mean, like, does it feel the same? I mean, it like, feels the same to me. Yeah. Nothing changed at all. Oh, see, that is, that's great. Because mine do that does pee. not, guys. <laughs> not like I'm, not, I mean, you know what I mean? It's just like <laughs> when you have intercourse for the first time, and, and hopefully maybe someday we will do an episode about this, but when you have intercourse after you've had vaginal birth, I mean, it's it's intense. Like it's, it's, different. it's a different situation. And I have heard it goes back um, to feeling uh, great. <laughs> so I was curious about that for C-section people. Um, what are some important steps, Dr. Kumetz, uh, that patients can take uh, to help with their recovery? Uh, also, great question. Um, I think starting out by having reasonable expectations for what it's going to be like, understanding that you are going to be in pain and you are going to need help doing things, um, understanding that it is major abdominal surgery and that does require recovery time. Um, getting up and walking right away is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the best things you can do is to get up and, you know, even if it hurts, you know, getting out of bed and walking the halls, it's going to mobilize that fluid faster. It's going to wake your bowels up. You know, pregnant women tend to be constipated and that doesn't just resolve immediately upon delivery. And if you're taking pain medicine, particularly narcotic pain medicine, which can be constipating, that is Oof. also, you know, straining having a bowel movement is kind of unpleasant when you have you no, know, literally a decision on your tummy. No, literally the most scared I was too with the vaginal birth also was taking like that first poop. You're like, I'm so scared right now like it was so scary Mm -hmm. um did you guys feel that way as well i mean it wasn't great it wasn't it wasn't (laughs) easy like it was definitely scary i think but i went to the bathroom i think that day like i'm i had it was weird but it was very big nice it was that's good i feel like yeah it was i've never i took a picture of it yeah crazy i'm sure that was great because i feel like i was so scared just because when you've pushed a baby out and then you have to push oh sure that makes sense like I'm so scared that I'm going to just blow everything out again. Like, right. And I remember being scared I was going to um, hurt my stitches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You won't hurt your stitches. Right. I okay. I can I can assure you that no one has ever popped stitches from, from straining to have a bowel movement. Oh, good. <laughs> it will hurt, but you won't pop the stitches. Okay. okay. Um, did, so I know, Angelique, you're um, still breastfeeding and Emily breastfed for after her um, delivery. Did you guys find that ha- breastfeeding... Um, was more difficult because of having a C-section? Did you find it? Um, I I didn't. Like, do they teach I, you a certain way to hold the baby after you've had a C-section? Because I imagine with the scar, no. it's nowhere it, it, near. It's it fine. wasn't really near it. The babies are so yeah. little, they're up here. And, like, your mm-hmm. scar's way down here. I mean, you've still got, like, a little tummy when you're learning. But, no, I didn't find it hard. Hard, No. no. And you either, Emily? Yeah, we latched really, really quickly. quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And away you went. 
Yeah. yeah. C-sections really shouldn't impact um, breast, breast milk production. That's that's a, a myth that's out there that oh, people right. get very concerned that they're not going to be able to breastfeed or that they're not going to make milk right away because they didn't labor. That's and not true. That's not true. My milk came in. I remember it being like, oh, like that next day, like it was, right? Isn't yep. it supposed to? Yeah. Yeah. With, within the first three, four days, full milk should come in and that's regardless of mode of delivery. Um, How does your, your body just knows like that the baby's out, whichever way it got out, it's time for milk to come in? Placenta's out and baby's latching, and that's the stimulation for your brain to make the oxytocin hormone to trigger the milk production. It's amazing. It's how amazing. do all of it you, is amazing? It's amazing. It? it's amazing. I mean, how is this all even happening? I, I don't understand. Um, how do you women all feel about your C-section scar? Like, has anyone braved? You know, I mean, look, I'm not braving. I mean, I gave up bikinis like 10 years ago. But like, you know, like, how do you feel about having an incision scar there? And, you know, when you are looking at yourself in the mirror or when you go out in public in those crop tops. No one's doing that, right? No one's doing that. that. More power to you if you are. (laughs) It's actually really low. And I didn't realize that I like I got the scar cream that you can put on it and I haven't used it because I you don't see it because it's right above the pubic bone yeah it's often you know either right above or right at the top of the pubic hairline got it so really low that was surprising to me too because you can't see it in any it's below your underwear yeah it's below your I don't care about the scar at all I'm like kind of proud of it because to me it's like my warrior I like love it and it's small what I'm more concerned about is like the pooch. I'm like, when does the pooch go down? <laughs> like that to me is Well, because like, you've cut through stomach muscle, correct? So that's Actually, gonna... we don't cut oh, through stomach I muscle. See, I'm not yeah, a doctor. That's okay. There's there's a separation um, in the abdominal muscles and we separate the the large abdominal muscles vertically. So the, the stitches that are inside are actually in several different directions in different layers. The goal being to try to keep normal anatomy to the extent possible. So mm. we don't cut through the muscles. Um, but surgical technique for repairing, some doctors will put the muscles back together. Um, I personally do. I think it ends up looking better than if they're not put together. Um, but the recovery is a little bit harder for the first week when they are put together because there are now stitches through the muscle. And anytime you use your muscles, like to get into and out of bed or um, in and out up of a and chair, down up and downstairs, um, <laughs> it's going to pull on those stitches and that hurts. Right. Oof. And I remember bre- about breastfeeding. Like I chose to keep my baby in her own crib, in her own room from day one mm-hmm. because it was part of the sleep training method that I did. Mm-hmm. And the hard hardest part was those stitch like getting up every three hours to go breastfeed her because I didn't want the baby coming into my room yeah and that was hard like that was probably the hardest part yeah was painful those stitches like you could really feel that right Mm -hmm. abdominal binders help a lot yeah um and oh that's a good tip guys good tip underused Um, are those the like binding like those uh, i wore them too like belly bandit belly bandit makes a great one a lot of hospitals will offer them it's basically a giant ace bandage that is just kind of holding all all your it's like spanks in. around your thighs yeah. but they make ones that velcro around your stomach and i actually found it really helped too because i didn't have a c-section scar but i but i what i felt inside was all this space and my organs had moved out of the way for where the baby was growing and then all of a sudden the baby's gone and so when you would sleep on your side i could literally feel all my like insides go to one side and then shift to the other side when I'd roll in the middle of the night, which was very uncomfortable and kind of weird feeling. And so if I wore the binding thing, it just felt like everything was far more supported um, and not like wiggling around so much in there. Um, Before we get to the end here, I want to ask three, you know, let's just go through this a little bit. Um, Can you guys talk a little bit about the stigma surrounding C-sections and um, talk about I think we got into this a little bit, which helped Angelique mentally prepare for changing her, the way she was thinking about giving birth this way. But how a C-section, people don't consider it actually like giving birth. Like, what, what, what is that? I, I, what I find bothers me is that when people say, oh, you gave birth the old fashioned way. I'm like, what the hell is that? Do you know what I mean? Or um, because you got to push or something that that um, makes one labor better than the other. Right. Um, There's definitely a stigma, I felt. Yes. Tell me, did you feel like, judged? I That's felt another judged. part of this. You did For feel sure. Judged. And I remember being like, yeah, I'm having, like, talking about, as I'm getting closer to my due date, speaking about, like, oh, I'm going in at 5 a.m. or whatever on this date. And people being like, oh. Like, that there was, like, a 
there was a tone that people would receive that information and like almost with like pity. Like don't but don't pity like it's fine like it's fine. And I think there's oh a gosh. stigma about that you it's like a failure of some kind sure. as a woman or a yeah. pregnant person having a baby and I was very sh- uh, surprised at that. I didn't. Did you? F- and that. Emily, oh. who who electively had a right. C-section, and I was like, "No, I'm actually really looking forward to it." <laughs> <laughs> right. No, but um, I, I think there's so much competitiveness as women and as parents and uh, you know as moms that I I didn't want to subscribe to any of that. Like, oh well, my birth is more valid than yours, and you know. Right. When you raise a kid, it's about your family unit and what works both like best for you as a family. And it's not about what someone that you went to high school with thinks about and posted on Facebook. You know, it's like, did you find yourself when people would ask you and you'd say, no, I chose to do this and I'm really excited. Did you find yourself really like digging in and and, like making a stand when you would tell that to people? Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I, I definitely did because I it was my choice and I'm happy and proud I mean I'm talking about it on a podcast (laughs) you know like it like it was what was right for us and that's what as moms we have to do for our our families and so true yeah I would like defend my I would defend it and then once you kind of explain like no I have to for medical reasons otherwise baby and myself are in danger like oh okay I get like but it's also crazy but it's like that crazy you that felt people, like you had to defend the method in which your child was. I also out. think LA is the worst, <laughs> just in general, as far as what you're saying—the competition of how you have your baby and do you use anesthesia and like, are you breastfeeding? The breastfeeding too—it's like right. everyone's judging everything all the time. If you have to go back to work, if you don't go back to work, I find like I found myself being really sensitive to the vocabulary I used, which was I had to get really comfortable with saying the word vaginally because I didn't. I've had a lot of really great friends, close friends, give birth through C-section. And I didn't want to ever say, like, mine was natural versus yours. That's my own personal preference, like, whatever. But I would just say, oh, I had my baby vaginally, which, like, try saying that word a lot, like, in front of dudes. Why do they get so weird? I'm like, guys, vagina, 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 (laughs) vagina, get over it. Um, (laughs) I don't get the stigma either. Um, You know, when... You get to decide what happens to your body, whether it's an elective C-section or in the situation where it's not elective and there's a medical reason to do it. You're making the choice that's the best thing for you and your baby. And birth means a child has come out of you, regardless (laughs) of the way that child came out of you. When a child comes out of you, you have given birth. And it, it, I, I truly don't understand the, the reason that there's a stigma associated with that, um, they're both super scary and super exciting yes. at the same time. Right. Um, really quick and last question: Is there anything that comes to mind that you would uh, that you wish someone had told you before you had a C-section, like a little piece of advice, a little anything? Oh, man, I know these are always the um, worst because I can't ever think of anything either. I think the well, bell- I, I would say like just know that you're gonna still look pregnant and like that your clothes like what are you gonna wear like that was a really big thing for me like I didn't know how to dress I remember going to my first table read and I was like I have no clothes that fit me and I didn't want to wear my pregnancy clothes because they're tight oh I wore my pregnancy clothes for a good nine months because <laughs> they were so much were more comfortable, comfortable than anything else I owned yeah. but a lot of the pregnancy clothes hug your bump and then once you have the baby you don't want your bump out there because yeah. then it, there's nothing in there you know yeah. I found that really confusing maternity wear is I wish someone had said still that. subject to for me a lot of uh it's not good. It's not great. I'm just going to say It's not that. great. It's not great. Yeah. But you would suggest so would maybe suggest getting some nice new clothes that made you maybe. feel better in a bigger size that you could exactly. fit into. Like I wish I had known. Like, yes. I just had a baby and yep. I look good and I like how I look in this. Yeah. Like go helpful. to Yeah. Like go to Gap or whatever, yeah. any yeah. Old Navy and just buy like a couple of dresses or yeah. moos that are just a couple of size bigger than what you normally wear and wear yeah. that for so that you feel pretty. I would not- get that too because I would have people come over and like not have anything and I didn't fit back into my old clothes for sure but I definitely did feel a little bit weird about yeah. my maternity clothes as well. Um, Emily, anything you would say? No, I mean, play I, think, Beyonce. I think the way, right, play my 24 year old brother made a great playlist called <laughs> Baby Time <laughs> and it was, you know, it was wonderful but um, I think the only thing that was incredibly shocking to me is I lost the ability to um, know that I had to pee for like a few months and I don't know if that's common I just like I would have to look at the clock and be like oh I should go to the bathroom because I could go all day and be like what's going on here Um, and that was the 
biggest surprise, I think, in what all is of that? it. Tonight. It's not uncommon for the bladder to get a little stunned after after a C-section. Um, we actually have to move the bladder off of the uterus because it's typically attached to the lower part of the uterus, typically where we're making the incision to get the baby out. So we move the bladder off of the uterus, and that can affect some of the nerves to the bladder. And it's not uncommon to feel some difficulty controlling your bladder um, mm-hmm. you know, anywhere from a day or two to a few months afterwards. Oh, that's that's good to know. See, like here's all the stuff, guys. Nobody tells you, but we will on Katie's crib. (laughs) And Dr. Kumets, any advice or something you wish someone had told you before you yourself had a C-section? Well, I'd actually like to to answer a slightly different question. Please, Um, I would say approach your pregnancy by trusting your doctor. Um, (laughs) Said as, as I mentioned at the beginning, you know, babies and uteruses just often don't read the birth plan. They are just not on board with what your goals are. And, um, you know, I try to liken um, birth and birth plans when, when patients come to me with their seven-page, single-line <laughs> typed, typed uh, birth preferences, uh, which I think is a better term than birth plan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I try to explain to them, you know, think about your delivery as you have chartered a really expensive private flight. There's a lot of choices that you can make on that trip. You can decide if you want to sit in the window seat or you want to sit in the aisle seat. You can decide if you want to fly around the mountains or you want to fly over the lake. You can decide if you want to have chicken or fish for lunch. And I might make some suggestions in there, like I think the chicken is better than the fish, but ultimately those choices are yours. But if the plane's going down, let me Take yeah. care of you. Yeah. And uh, you have to trust that your doctor can fly the plane mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. make sure that you have a relationship with the person who's taking care of you. That if they're saying to you, look, this is an emergency and we really have to go ahead and do this or, you know, they're altering your plan in some way. There's usually a reason and hopefully there will be enough time to explain that reason to you. Mm-hmm. But if there isn't, trust them that this is really in your best interest. Amazing. That's great. You guys, I can't thank you all enough for doing this fancy, fancy version of Katie's Crib in this awesome recording booth. And um, thank you guys for uh, all of your advice and words of wisdom and sharing your experiences with your C-section. And thank you guys all listening to this episode of Katie's Crib. You never know until you try.